Yo, 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 yo. Welcome to uh, the podcast. A uh, little bit of a longer monologue today. Apologize to my wife, but you see, recently I did a short monologue and cited my wife as the reason I was doing a short monologue, and I got a ton of feedback from you. And I appreciate this from you. A ton of feedback from people saying, don't do short monologues, dude. Longer monologues. Monologue your batootie off. Is a batootie a thing? Patootie? And so uh, we'll do that. We will return to doing some monologue. Nothing crazy. 5, 10, 15 minutes. I don't know. Might get crazy. Actually, today's guest, Clay Killian, owner of Copperleaf Brewing, Rochester's newest brewery. Uh, he actually requested an extra long monologue <laughs> from today's show so here you go clay for you bud uh we will get to clay in a minute i want to talk a little bit about um the week uh, i got to do something this week that i have not gotten to do in a very long time and it felt great felt amazing i on wednesday night i went to the movies I have not been to the movies since February of 2020. Oh, and I am a movie love. I love going to the movies. I've always loved going to the movies. And I'm a weirdo. I like going to the movies alone. Um, and I like going to the movies in the morning. That AMC Webster used to have 10 a.m. movie times. That was my jam. Was like a 10 a.m. movie time. And it used to work out where in my previous life working radio... I could get out of work sometimes as early as 10 a.m., right? As soon as the uh, show got off the air. I could be in Webster for like a 10.30 movie. Oh, my God, those were awesome days. Always by myself. I always prefer, even if I go to the movie to go see like a blockbuster on a Saturday night that's going to be full, I will go by myself. And listen to this. And, I, I, and again, speaking of my previous life, my radio, I used to mention this on the radio. People, people couldn't believe it. But I'm telling you, it's true. I have been known, if I'm going to be in a crowded theater, I have been known to buy two seats so that I can be even more isolated. That's how weird I am. That's right. I have bought two seats many a time. And then I get, and then, then my, oh, God. And then my passive aggressiveness be, meets my actual aggressiveness, meets my absolute gutlessness. Because I had it happen one time where I bought two tickets to a movie in Webster. I show up and somebody is sitting in one of my two seats. So I show up, I sit in my seat. It's a kid sitting next to his mother. It's like a young kid, like a 12 year old sitting next to his mother. What kind of movie are you going to see if there's 12 year olds? Well, I don't you know. Sometimes I go see movies. I don't know. Anyway, uh, I'm sitting in there like looking at my ticket Acting as confused as I can because I'm passive aggressive and got no guts. And I'm just like acting. And then finally the mother just goes, oh, we were hoping it would be okay if we just played a little musical chairs. And of course what goes through my head is, no, that's not how this works. You buy the ticket, you sit in the seat. What comes out of my mouth is, oh, okay. Oh, Polly. <laughs> anyway, uh, I got to go to the movies Wednesday night. It was the world premiere of Bottom Feeders, which is a movie that was 
produced and filmed right here in Camp Ra-Cha-Cha, Rochester, New York. The the writers and producers, Scott Fitzgerald, I um, know him a little bit. He's actually on the podcast a few weeks ago. Great dude. I got a kick out of the fact that it was a local movie. Just wanted to support local art, anything I could do. I just thought it was really cool. I have both my vaccination shots. There was this event I wanted to go to. It combined one of my favorite things, movies. So I said, damn it, I'm buying two tickets. So I bought two tickets, and then I said to my wife, we're going to the movies, and I'll treat you to dinner ahead of time. And she said, I am not interested because my wife does not have both vaccines. Now, Side note, she now does have both vaccines. Ryan actually got her second vaccine on Thursday of this past week. And then she got hit pretty much immediately with the bug. Um, She got sick like three hours after she got her shot, and she was fine about eight hours later. So she had it different. For me, it was I was fine for about... I was fine until the next day, and then the next day I got sick, and I spent about 18 hours sick, but I was never sick enough to, like, go curl up in bed. I just didn't feel great, but I still went about my life. Ryan was sick enough that she actually curled up in bed, but it only lasted, like, eight hours, and then she was all good. So, uh, you know, different strokes for different folks, I guess. Everyone's getting hit differently with that thing when you get it. Some people, nothing. My father-in-law came over this week. He had the Pfizer. That's what Ryan and I both had was Pfizer. He never even had any reaction to his second shot. Meanwhile, his sister, my wife's aunt, spent like two days in bed after the shot. So who knows? Who knows? Question will be, now when we get these shots again, because you know we're going to have to. In fact, I think the Pfizer CEO just came out and said, you can anticipate needing another booster within 12 months. So we know we're getting these shots again. Will we react the exact same way we reacted this time to future doses of this vaccine? Or is it going to just be, you know, uh, is it going to be the same every time or will it be different every time? I don't know. We're going to all learn together, right? I don't know. So anyway, I had both vaccines. Ryan didn't have both vaccines. So she said, I'm not coming. So I put on Facebook. Actually, I did text one person. I texted Wheels. uh, But it was on Wednesday night. So Wheels is like, I've got Wednesdays with Wheels. I can't do it. So I was like, okay. So then I literally just put it on Facebook. I was like, who wants to come to the movies with me? I'm buying dinner. And my old friend from radio, Christina Lynn, hit me up and said, I will go. Because Christina Lynn, a lot of people don't realize, works or has worked many times in the local film industry. She's worked on movie sets and she's helped put together local features. So she was like, I am very interested in this. I would love to come. And the great thing about Christina coming is she is a fellow adventurous eater. See, if my wife was coming, (laughs) we would have had to eat at like one of three restaurants that my wife approves of. But with Christina, I was like, oh my God, here's an opportunity to also go out to eat at a crazy restaurant because I love crazy restaurants. So we went to a place called Tsingtao, T-S-I-N-G-T-A-O, which is an authentic Chinese restaurant, right? So it's not the Chinese you're thinking of. No sweet and sour chicken. No General So's chicken. This was authentic Chinese. So we had cold chicken. So the, Okay, so we had a bunch of stuff. One of the things we had was called, uh, it was a cold chicken dish. It was basically cold chicken strips with red hot sauce on it and, like, cilantro and green onions and chives. It was amazing. We had a beef dish that was, for lack of a better term, was basically, like, beef with some really great sauce on it and a bunch of vegetables. Then we had... Um, 
rice, of course. We had something called um, dry fried chicken, which had seasoning on it, which was out of this world. We had fried green beans, which was amazing. It was just really not the stuff you're used to getting from regular uh, Chinese restaurants, but still just delicious. So I got to go to Authentic Chinese and then to the movies. We saw bottom feeders. It is kind of funny going to the movies and seeing, like, literally seeing people you know in the movie. Like, Sky Sands is in a bunch of the movie. Dresden is in the movie. Sam Fantuzo. That's another thing. The, the movie is full of local shout-outs. And some of them are just little nods. Like, at some point you see, like, a Pontillo's pizza box. There's a bunch of brewery nods. There's, like... um you see like k2 brothers at one point you got the rochester skyline but then the really cool thing beyond that was you also had a couple of more sort of blatant shout outs that i think i and i don't know this this is just literally i'm guessing at this point i'm assuming had to do with actual sponsorships because salvatore's pizza was all over this movie i mean there was a salvatore's pizza box in like every freaking scene of this movie and same thing with three heads brewing there were three heads beers and beer hats and beer shirts all over this movie as well. To the point where I'm like, I don't know if these guys just love Salvatore's and Three Heads or if Salvatore's and Three Heads actually like sponsored this movie. I don't know. I don't know, but it was all over the place. And in fact, Sam Fantuzo, if you don't know who that is, owner of Salvatore's uh, Old Fashioned Pizzerias, is actually in the movie, plays the janitor, has one line, and it's only one word. <laughs> but I won't spoil it. You got to go watch it. But it was really cool. Really, really cool to see that. So, anyway. You have to say Salvatore's Old Fashioned Pizzeria, by the way. I've learned in my new job because uh, there's – apparently there's a bunch – there's like the, there's the Salvatore's Restaurant in Buffalo, if you know. It's like high-end dining. But then there's another food company out of Buffalo called Salvatore's Specialty Foods. Like, there's a whole – if you're going to be Salvatore's, you got to have like – so I never realized that because in Rochester, I just always called it Salvatore's. But it's technically, I think it's, and I think, but I think it's called Salvatore's Old Fashioned Pizzeria, technically, is the whole name, just because there's so many different Salvatores. <laughs> um, speaking of work, before we get to the Clay Killian interview, and then for my wife's mercy, I'll finally stop monologuing. You guys were so awesome, and you gave me a bunch of feedback about my monologues. Let me ask you this question for feedback. I did a um, panel this week. It wasn't really a panel. It was more of a conversation with Stephanie Ledestri and Joe Pertico. And if you don't know who they are, Stephanie Ledestri is the co-CEO of Ledestri Foods, which is basically a giant sauce co-packer. They also make a bunch of liquor uh, here in Rochester. Big, big company um, doing tons of business. And then Joe Pertico is the plant manager of Special Touch Bakery. And then there was me. Those are the three of us in a conversation. This was done during the Rotary Lunch on Tuesday. And we talked about food manufacturing in depth and specifically about through the pandemic. And my question for you is, do you have any interest in hearing that? Because I was thinking about putting that out as a podcast, as my podcast. Maybe I was maybe going to do it this week. Then Clay came around. Maybe I'll do it next week. Does that interest you at all? Or is that kind of like boring? Because it's because to, to be honest with you guys, it's really hardcore manufacturing talk. It's. It's not necessarily sexy, scintillating conversation. I find it interesting. I think it's sexy as all hell. I would marry it, that conversation. But, you know, regular people might be like, oh, supply chain. You're going to talk about it for 10 minutes? Great. <laughs> so just let me know. Like, would you actually be interested in hearing 
hardcore manufacturing, food, specifically food manufacturing, hardcore food manufacturing talk for 30 minutes next week? Or is it like, nah, keep it going with the interviews? This is kind of an interview. It's, it's essentially me interviewing Stephanie and Joe. And then I also interject a bit, but. All right, I think that's about it. Let me know about that. I appreciate it. Um, bottom feeders was that was really cool to see that, um, especially because the movies we went to movies ten in Henrietta, and one of the funnier things I've ever seen in my life was seeing a movie that was because there's a part where the guy works at the movie theater and he's working at that movie theater, so you're actually watching a movie that is filmed in a movie theater that you're sitting in. <laughs> it's really cool. Anyway, thank you for listening to the podcast. I appreciate it. Uh, I'm going to get to the interview now. He is a brand new brewery owner. He's got a great story. Copper Leaf Brewing, Pittsburgh, New York. Shane Place or Shown Place. We'll get to that. Clay Killian is on the podcast. have a weird connection somehow um you are a rochester guy right yeah. are you born and raised here yeah bloomfield canadegua area okay but yeah. just just to talk about how small the world can be sometimes your is it business partner yeah your business partner's significant other grew up in Kania, Ohio. Yeah, yeah. Super strange connection. For My sure. hometown. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. And lived next door. She wrote me on Facebook yesterday. Lived okay. next door to a house that I hung out with all the time. In fact, I think you're going to dig this. Have you ever heard me mention the Trampoline, Res- Trampoline Wrestling Federation? I've heard you talk wrestling a lot, for sure. I don't think I caught the trampoline wrestling. Clay, it's a bit of a deep cut for me. (laughs) I don't talk about it very much, but for a brief time in high school, me and my buddies had the Trampoline Wrestling Federation, (laughs) and I was Casanova. I held the title for a little while. I was a bad guy. And we, one of our two venues was my garage and <laughs> Seth Walbridge's backyard right next to where she lived. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> that's that cr- great. Isn't that crazy what a small world is? Oh, it's nuts for sure. Yeah, so, I think she had mentioned it when I was on the, the food show. Yeah, yeah. When you were doing that. I, yeah. I was on there. Oh, that was years ago now. Yeah, yeah. Did she know about it even before that? or? I, I, think, I, I think she knew that you were in the area, Yeah. but yeah, I, I'm not sure if she'd listen to the podcast or caught the show or anything but well, when i was on there i sent them the that show to listen yeah. to so. well, and, and you were you were on because i have you even to this day and i'm going to change it now but i have you in my phone as being from holly brewing yes yeah, so h-a-w-l-e-y like so what is what was that what's we're the we're trying to uh work through the name okay. so uh holly brewing or holly winery ended up being 
uh, a problem for us. It's a winery out in California. So our original name was, we were trying to really have a Pittsburgh relate. And Holly was the, one of the oh. families that was the uh, original settlers to the, the area. That's a cool idea and a cool name, and that's crazy. So basically what we're saying is this before it was Copper Leaf, yeah. this was like an early idea for a, what are we going to call this place. Yeah, that was uh, really early on. That was when we were wor- first awesome. working through the code issues with the village and stuff. And yeah. yeah, super yeah. early on. For this sure. We're going to get into all of it, but this has been such a, like, uh, a project in the works for years. I mean, years. for years. Yeah. 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 So we're going to get into all of it. So don't worry. So okay. I'm, I know I'm skipping around here at the beginning, but I'm just excited to be talking to you because <laughs> you have to be on right now as we speak, the biggest high in the world. Oh yeah. I'm completely, completely exhausted. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you, you've gone through the startup phase of the business. Oh so yeah. It's, it's been a ton it's of It's called work. adrenaline and yeah. you're going to, you're going to rely on it for <laughs> years to come because basically what's going to happen is your body is going to lose track of if it's tired or not. Oh, it's pretty much there already. <laughs> so I'm, I'm well on track for that for sure. And adrenaline just kind of takes over for those moments when you're, you're, you're too tired. Um, copper leaf, uh, as we record this, opened yesterday. Yeah. Now, as this airs, it will have been open for a few days. But as we record this, it opened yesterday. So you, uh, did you even sleep last night? Did, well, how about this? Two nights ago. Did you sleep two nights ago? So we had a industry-only event the, the previous evening. Okay. Just to, you know, kind of get the people in there from the industry. Yeah. I don't know if you know a whole lot about the craft brewing industry, but super tight-knit community. Right. Great people just... Wanted to get people in there and, you know, it's so they could see the space, taste yeah. the beers. Did a lot of people take you up on it? Yeah, we had a pretty good turnout. It was okay. probably seven or eight different breweries came out. They're super gracious. You know, That's great. Really I mean, patient. and you want to be part of that community because oh, the thing yeah. is, uh, I think that there are a couple of outliers, you know, I, I mean, um, and all that can be off the record stuff, but like, you know, I'm friends with brewery people, you're friends with brewery people and everyone knows there's, there's a few outliers, a few yeah. that just don't really have any interest in being friends with everyone else and i think they pay for it over time i think those of you that are part of the community got each other's uh, backs i think it's kind of the uh rising tide floats all boats Mm -hmm. you know the the more interest in craft that we can develop the it's better for everybody in the industry so yeah just working with everybody learning from each other and just growing from there you know it's only going to make the scene better so so the so you opened two days ago. You opened to the to the industry. It, la- yesterday you opened to the public. To the public, yeah. And how was that? How did it go? Oh, it was crazy. <laughs> yeah, it was really busy. The more than I had anticipated for yeah. sure. Yeah, the, the line to the door the entire night. Oh was, my god, it was a good problem to have. Of but course, I, I felt bad for people waiting in line. To me, the whole thing with this is uh, it's service first. I want the customer to feel. You know, as they're they're welcome as they're coming in and having somebody wait in line. I don't like to wait in line, especially yeah. you know for beer. So, but you <laughs> know, there are fun. examples of like nightclubs that open in big cities, L.A. or Miami, who have actually paid people or purposely kept their capacity low so that there's a line. Oh, because yeah. the line just raises intrigue. Yeah, you know, well, we did have some people turning away. I felt bad because they're turning away, but yeah. hopefully they'll come back. And they'll come won't back. Be so busy. They'll you know? come back. You know. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Now, if I remember right, too, and again, so everything that I remember is is probably stuff that you're going to be like, oh, like Holly, where you're going to be like, oh, that was years ago that we were thinking that. Yeah. Oh, actually, side note, I almost ran into a similar issue with you. There is a Guglielmo Winery in California. No kidding. Yeah, but I got lucky because 
we were different categories. Yeah. I was food, and as long as I don't tread into alcohol beverages, I'm good. And okay. same with them. As long as they don't tread into sauces and condiments, yeah. they're good. Um, but you, obviously, yours was a little bit more of a direct thing since yeah, it was alcoholic yeah. beverages. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, the trademark search and all that stuff. It, yeah. was, it was a whole bunch of research on that. Going through that was a, a definite challenge. USPTO.gov been there many times <laughs> <laughs> yeah well, we we're actually kind of it was fortunate in a way i'm really excited about the the whole way that the brand is developed mm-hmm. so i don't know if you know the story of copper leaf but there was a, a copper beech tree that was in the the center of the village it was kind of a gathering place for the village a little park that was right there they had to unfortunately cut the tree down oh. because of a fungus but we were able to get some of the lumber from that tree and that's what we built the bar out of oh and man it was a copper beech tree so copper leaf brewing company was all based on the the fact of the the village tree and you know really trying to create a gathering place for the community and people gathered around that tree so hopefully they'll gather around that tree in my space that know? is a great story and honestly that is like the perfect way to start a brand right with something like that that's such a good hook it speaks pittsford it speaks gathering and social and i just i love it uh a few years ago or maybe it was just a couple years i don't remember if i remember correctly though you guys were going to start this brewery with basically home brewing equipment or something it was going to be like the smallest system in town is that still true or not Fortunately, if uh, last night was any indicator of our level of business, we did end up scaling up. So okay, good. <laughs> good. Yes. yes. It was going to be a one-barrel system. Right. I remember hearing about that. Yeah, we have a super small space, so it's 1,450 square foot, yeah. roughly. So fitting a brewing operation as well as a tasting room in that space has been a challenge. Yeah. But, yeah, I think we're uh, we're better positioned in this brew length. So, so what are you running now? Uh, so it's a three and a half barrel brew house. Okay, got five barrel fermenters. So it's about a twenty four barrel tank farm. And and just to translate to those of us who don't know what we mean by barrel, so one barrel equals is that one full keg or thirty one gallons? So it's two kegs. So all the kegs that you're used to looking at, those are all half kegs. Oh my god! Half so barrel kegs. So the idea was that you guys were gonna have two kegs but i mean that wouldn't get you through an hour i mean you know like you're right like think about the demand you have you guys would have been out of beer by four o'clock it would have been challenging for sure but do you so how does production work then now to get a little nerdy on that are you guys just way ahead on production is that what happens or then storage I, becomes an issue right well, yeah the the cooler space is mm-hmm. definitely a, a concern that yeah it's going to be an issue but oh, we're working through what we've got i tried to build up a little bit of a you know, a, a stock to get us through the first week or two. And I just have to start, you know, yeah, turning it yeah. out. So. That's the thing is now you open to the public. So now you've got, you know, the whole service part of things. Yeah. And you got to remember to go make the beer again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Like, yeah. yeah the, the front of the house was never what I was super excited about. I mean, when I got into this industry, I was looking to be a brewer. I mean, that was, yeah. that was my focus. So I, I worked for custom brew crafters for years, uh-huh. just interning and volunteering and things like that. So my focus at that point was I just wanted to brew the beer. I mean, that that's really you, what you, I... You look, by the way, like a brewer. Like <laughs> you look like if somebody is, is picturing the stereotypical brewer, <laughs> you're, you are the guy. <laughs> well, so I haven't gotten a beard cut because of COVID, so it's a little bit Oh, did shaggy. you not used to... You didn't used to have the beard? Oh, it it's, was I don't remember. Not, not quite that long. Okay. I was going <laughs> to say, for some reason, I remember this look, but I don't remember exactly. So... Um, 
let's go all the way back now. Let's go back to the past. So you grew up in Rochester. What did you do for an actual living? Was it? Did you custom brew crafters? Was that your first job? Oh, that was my side gig. So okay. I actually just left my full time job fairly recently. I, I saw went. your post on Facebook and I loved it. <laughs> but, <laughs> I yeah. figured I had to jump in all in. Uh huh. You know? Uh huh. So I worked for the American Red Cross for geez, nineteen years. I think. Wow. It ended up being. Yeah, wow. So is what a did you do there? Change for me. So I worked in the the lab. Okay. So I was in the quarantine and labeling department. Okay. Oh my so, gosh. So la- labels is something that you're very well versed on then? Yeah. Yeah. yeah Branding and all that stuff. Oh yeah. yeah. Well, I'm just talking about the like the legalities of labels. Like there's, you oh, know, a whole thing there's too. a whole yeah, thing. Sure. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. But, um, so Red Cross for 19 years. Yeah. Did you know, did you ever have an intention of, of trying to keep that and doing copper leaf at the same oh, time? Yeah. That was definitely the plan when I was looking at that one barrel brew length. And yeah. It just ramping up for our opening yeah it, it was a lot whole lot of work and trying to do both i don't know how well that would have actually worked out for me so how I think we're positioned a lot better in this way yeah what did it feel like to drive away from work for the last time oh, it's surreal really right? yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's why i had to put it out on facebook <laughs> not, not big on social media or anything you know but i had to put that out there it's just a life-changing moment you know? what's the percentage excitement versus downright just terrifying oh, i'm terrified <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah right <laughs> i'm with you i'm still with you by the way i mean i'm years into this thing at this point and i still still am terrified at all times yeah. of just like well uh, you know because have you experienced yet? And I know you've you've listened. I always talk about the emotional roller coaster. Oh yeah, that goes yeah, with 100%, entrepreneurship. Hundred percent. The yeah. day of we're taking over the world, followed by the day of what the hell are we even doing here? <laughs> yep. Do you experience that as well? Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. My my wife was just tasted our production beers for the first time. Had her in there the other night, and she's like. These beers are tasting great. I'm so relieved. I thought I was going to come in. There would be at least one beer that was like not on point. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> but, yeah. Yeah, she was. Uh, she was pretty excited about it. So they're yeah. good, right? Yeah, those were good. But you guys had uh, there were hiccups. I mean, there's a reason it took oh, years, right? Yeah. Was it mostly just rigmarole with the with Pittsburgh back and forth? Well, that was a big part of it uh-huh. for sure. Uh, yeah, it was a, a code issue. They're trying to update the code in the village, and, and why is that so hard? Like, what is it about that that I don't want to delve too deep? I into totally that. get it. And if I were you, I wouldn't say anything. <laughs> don't worry about it. We can, we can. Here's what I'm going to say. Some people will want to hear that, but I'm going to tell those people right now: shut up, okay? <laughs> shut up. This guy just opened a brewery. <laughs> the last thing he's going to do is say anything at all to risk that i don't blame you at all but it was a lot of back and forth it was just a challenge yeah for sure but we worked through it was it just hoops it was just basically well now we got to do this thing and you're like okay we'll do that thing but then the other thing people don't realize is usually the thing or the hoop that you have to jump through is like three months it's like oh do the thing and then we'll meet 90 days about it and you're like oh come on can we do it tomorrow (laughs) yeah everything was a submission yeah then you had to get on the the board agenda so you know, yeah. getting on those agendas, it was a, a weight. And yeah, very much so. I, I just wanted to get it going. Yeah. You know, just work through that whole process. So. But so you love beer. So you worked at the Red Cross. That's your job. But you also worked at Custom Brew Crafters, what, nights and weekends? It was mornings. I used mornings. to work C-shift. So I would go to my full-time job after that few days a week. Whenever I could get in there, I would just come in, pitch in however I could. And oh, my God, dude. That's awesome. Yeah, it became really tough once I had kids. So uh-huh. that, that was kind of where uh, I had to move on from there and just keep 
you know, working right. at home and trying to get this thing open, pouring over spreadsheets. Was, was Red Cross, by the way, spreadsheets is my day today. <laughs> this is what I'm doing today. This is my, I have you and I have an appointment this afternoon is my two breakups, but like I'm, it, today's a spreadsheet day for me. So I'm very like, this podcast could be four hours long. I'm just doing anything I can to not go back to the spreadsheets. <laughs> anyway, um, you, so you're working at Red Cross call it nine to five and then you were working when you say c shift do you mean overnight or yeah, yeah it was wow midnight to 8 30 i'd roll into the brewery at probably nine in the morning Holy. stay there until like one two in the afternoon oh my god yeah well you were hustling dude oh for sure yeah how yeah. old are your kids now oh uh, gonna be 12 pretty soon okay yeah. great great so all right so you you're you're doing you're hustling you're custom brew crafting and you're red crossing where is the light bulb moment of boy I want to open a brewery. And then let's say not only light bulb moment, because there's the moment where you want to do it. Where's the moment where you say, you know what, man, pulling the trigger. That's so it ended up being, I was working with a previous business partner. He, he had approached me. He had a, a space that he was looking to use. He had a, a previous business in the space that was kind of on the decline. So he's looking to utilize the, the retail area. And we, we started, talking about opening it was it a brewery that he yeah. or it was some oh, it was well, so oh, it, he had a music store oh got it okay but he had had the, the location and the, yeah. the square footage it ended up being a wastewater issue he was on a septic it would have been a whole lay-in mm-hmm. of a, a giant infrastructure build out of the wastewater processing so mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. getting a little bit uh, into the brewing stuff there. i love but, i love it i love the the technical stuff like that because you do have to have like a whole drainage thing going on right yeah it's a lot of yeah uh, wastewater that goes through for production yeah yeah and you and that's i think sometimes people don't they don't realize the infrastructure of a manufacturing facility uh and what you have to have ready to roll and you it's shit that you sometimes just don't think of before you open or not i mean you think of it before you open but you don't think of it when you're still in the dream stage is what i'm saying yeah yeah this has been a a learning process oh yeah every day i'm learning something yeah you know yeah Yeah. so so you've got this guy who he comes to you and he says clay you make beer i've got a space let's do a brewery and that gives you this idea of like yes let's do this that was the first time i i looked at actually running front of house or you know doing anything like that so Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was. Uh, we had season tickets for the uh, the Bills, so he was one of our tailgate guys. We were just hanging out, drinking my beers, and in yeah. the tailgating, and yeah, 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 yeah. So you're bringing beers to to Bills tailgates, and and it's just is it just random like aluminum cans full of? So back, back then it was bottles, bottles. So yeah. you just bottles of beer, and you just hand some guy some like random bottle. And you're like, I made this, yeah. and he's like, This is delicious. Yeah, let's yeah. make a brewery. That's where it all started. That's awesome. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> Born in the Bills parking lot. <laughs> I like it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So from there, it was uh, a friend of mine ended up uh, talking to him about beer. Just we've been talking for about beer for years, and he was looking to uh, just create a, a venture with us and we just decided to work it out and mm-hmm. that's just kind of where it, where it all uh, stemmed from it from this business so. and then at some point you guys made the decision where we want to go into Pittsburgh and we want to go in and by the way you are here today to call the, to make the official call 
Shone oh, no. or yeah. Shane. <laughs> you can't put that on me. Do you remember <laughs> us fighting about that on the radio <laughs> with I, Doug Emblidge? Because yeah. yeah. from what I understand, it is technically Shane Place, right? It is Shane. But literally everyone says Shone Place. Yeah, everybody. And yeah. Doug and one time came up on the radio and Doug said, oh, don't get me started. <laughs> and I remember we did 15 minutes of Doug saying, basically, look, if we pronounce it Shane Place... People will tell us we're wrong. If yeah. we pronounce it shown place, people will tell yeah. us we're wrong. I, I would say just common vernacular. <laughs> yeah. You know? Just yeah. whatever is common use. So. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want to be the deciding no. factor. No. Okay. All right. All right. <laughs> so I went ahead then back again this years ago on the radio, and anytime I had to say it, I would say Shane Place. Okay. And I just and I just welcomed the hate because it <laughs> happened every time. It happened every single time, and I was like, uh-uh. I feel like I got to say both. At this point. <laughs> yeah, Shane Schoen. <laughs> yeah. You're right. It should just be Shane Schoen place. Shone Shane. Shane Schoen. Anyway, so you guys eventually you decide we are going into this this to remain nameless area. <laughs> uh, it was a it was a whole bunch of research. We looked at, throughout the Finger Lakes at different. So you were open locations. to everything. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We were really just trying to find a space that would fit our needs. So a big part of it was the floor drains. So a brewery has a lot of you know, drainage that goes on. So the fact that this place needed to be completely torn down in a way, like they they pulled out the existing floor, they took the building back to the studs. That was a big selling factor wow. on it. So. Wow. So it was like ready for you guys to move in and do what you needed to do. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, and also, I mean, let's be honest, location-wise, that's a great location, man. Oh, yeah, right on the canal. A lot yeah. of walking traffic, a lot of people biking it, it's great. Yeah. yeah. Really excited about that end of it. For sure. Walkable too. I mean, people can walk from this spot to that spot. You yeah. know, they go to a restaurant, they get a beer before or after they get their dinner. I mean, that's another great thing I think for a brewery, right? To have that. That's just, it's just really a perfect location. Yeah. We're really hoping to work with the local restaurants, work with local chefs to, you know, bring in food to our place. So if somebody wants to go get some to go from a restaurant, bring great. it to our space, we have that opportunity. I'm really hoping to work with those chefs to work on some beer and food pairings and different things like that. Oh, yeah. Oh, so. God. Awesome. Did you guys ever, through the through the hoop jumping with Pittsburgh, seriously consider going somewhere else and oh, just saying, you know what, let's just go somewhere else? I can't say the thought didn't cross my mind for right, sure. Right. But it just it seemed like we were gaining some traction in different ways, and yeah. you know, it seemed like it was really – still a potential so we just kept pushing forward and ended up working out for us and can i ask another question that i think people are probably going to also be wondering and uh, to be honest with you it just occurred to me but i'm sure it's occurred to everybody already i'm last of the party isn't lock 32 like right there oh yeah, yeah so you can almost see the place from our so our what what was the Okay, I don't want to push in, <laughs> like, oh. right. but oh, I, I'm imagining people brought that up over and over and over to you, saying, "Well, if why are they giving you guys shit for starting a brewery?" If, but I oh, don't worry they, about it. They worked through all of that as well. Oh, did they? They had to go through their hoops. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I see. I think that was before the whole code that they're trying to rewrite. Mm -hmm. So that mm -hmm. was the issue. They were able to work through their process pre-code yeah. issue or you know update or whatever. Yeah. So. So let's go into beer nerd talk for a second. Sure. So you're custom brew crafters. Before custom brew crafters, did you do any home brewing at all? Yeah, so it was actually uh, my wife, I think, uh, was looking for some baking supplies. when we, we moved down south, 
So we tried to, I relocated with the Red Cross down to Virginia Beach, Norfolk. Wow, wow. And we were going into a wine and cake store. And uh, she was looking for some baking supply, if I remember correctly. Did you say wine and cake? Wine and cake. Oh, my God. (laughs) Yeah, it was kind of a strange story. That's amazing. (laughs) Yeah, they had uh, (laughs) wine making supplies and it turned out home brewing supplies. So I was just milling about looking at the homebrew stuff. I was like, well, you can make beer at home. And she came over and saw me looking at that stuff and... I think she got the idea. Well, maybe I should buy him a, a homebrew kit. She got me one for Christmas. Probably turned out to be either the best or worst decision she's ever made. <laughs> <laughs> Changed still, your life a little. <laughs> yeah, still kind of remains to be seen. At this What's point. The, those homebrew kits when you buy? Aren't they usually like that? You sort of buy like a, a package. I'm talking about the recipe, right? It, like you don't create your own recipes yet yeah, with those, then, yeah, right? Yeah, it's sort of like a syrup. Yeah, thing. but at least it, it gets you that first step, it gets you familiar with the idea of making beer. I think it really gets you understanding the sanitation process. Mm. I mean, that's a big part of it. You yeah. have to have clean equipment in order to produce clean beer. So right, right. It's a good place to start. Yeah. I mean, these days, it's a whole lot different than it was back then. These days, you can kind of start with all grain, and it's sort of simple. If you do some research, there's much more potential for you to get into it a lot easier but back then it was very much people started with that extract stuff and that was i brewed that way for a few years yeah how many years ago was that like what 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 year did you walk into that wine and cake store uh, it's fun I, I could say honestly the last time that i ran out of beer was december 31st 2004 i got okay. that kit for christmas made okay. the first batch of beer that day okay and i've just had a little bit of beer on hand ever since. Yeah, so you're right though. But in 2005, you couldn't you couldn't do what you could do today. You could not Google. I I would imagine that if I wanted to know how to make beer like a brewer, I could probably YouTube my way. Oh, these days, to it, right? There's tons of information yeah. out there. Yeah. yeah, but back then there was not not a whole lot. So, it? do you think that your generation of brewmasters, the people who are today really brewing beer, are better brewmasters than? the people who will be brewmasters in 20, 30 years? Because you had to learn everything. I would say that there is that angle to it or that, you know, that Uh portion of it for sure. I was trying, I was doing equations and all of my calculations where today you can get a a computer system that, you know, their program that does Mm -hmm. it all for you basically. So Mm -hmm. you don't have to really dig into that depth of it. So, right. Right. So you, you homebrew for a while. You're really enjoying it. And I imagine you have you start to develop a passion for it. And so you say, hey, where could I go make some beer? Custom Brew Crafters needs part-time help. I'll do it. Something like that. Uh, ended up just being one of their festivals. Ended up just going to the, was it Fall Festival of Ales they used to have every mm-hmm. fall? So went to that with my dad. And uh, I was like, well, they're local brewery. Maybe they could, uh, maybe I could work back a house there. Just kind of, you know, get a better understanding of how it works on the the commercial scale yeah yeah so. and and you did and that and would you say you learned more as a home brewer or more with custom brew crafters or just combination of both a combination of both yeah. yeah 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 getting the some of the mechanical stuff on the production side was a, of benefit for working sure. with bigger equipment like yeah, yeah. seeing that kind of that side of it Custom brew crafters, for anyone who doesn't know, was similar to my business in the sense that it was a co-packer, right? Pretty much, yeah. So yeah. you could go to them with your beer recipe, and they could produce it commercially for you. And that's what we do here at Craft Cannery. Yeah. Does anyone do that now? Because I know CB shut down. So is there is there a beer co-packer? And if not, is there demand for that? 
uh, there there are uh, some contract breweries or breweries that are doing contract work, mm. but and I don't think it's quite as prevalent as it was back then. They had 80 accounts when right. I was there, I think. Yeah, no, actually, like that. now that I think about it, so that kind of stuff is confidential, you know, like who's co-packing what. Yeah, I wasn't trying to get into all yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, I was going to say, now that I think about it, I do know a couple of the breweries that are slightly bigger and have some more automation, I think you're right, they do do some contracting. Yeah. So there is some, but it's a little bit more of a, it, there's not like, custom brew crafters had going for it was that this that's what they do. They're like, this is what we do. We will cut, well, quite frankly, we will custom brew craft for you, yeah. right? Yeah, it's right. Whereas the, the people who are doing it right now, it's almost like you have to know they're doing it. They're not really advertising that they're doing it, right? right? Yeah, yeah, if you look at the address, that kind of can clue you in a little bit. Okay, okay. I that's gotcha. about as deep as I want to get. Yeah, no, I understand. <laughs> I understand. Yeah, I'm trying to think, because you're right. Those, those kinds of things are confidential. Okay, so uh, you're custom brew crafters. And you are, how many years would you say it was of with the partner and with the buddy or uh, that you guys are thinking, well, let's open a brewery until you actually start the process of opening the brewery? So it was probably 2012, I would say. So this take. thing is nine years in the making? Well, in different iterations. That mm. previous business partner that was a uh, couple of years with working through things with him, really trying to get that space going. That one fell through. Yeah, that yeah. That, it didn't work out because of that whole wastewater thing. Yeah. And I think it was uh, 2016 that I, my partner ended up, you know, really have an interest in moving forward to develop this project. So really it's uh, about five years in this phase. In the five years, were there moments where you thought it was, just wasn't going to happen? You're like, this is going to fall through too. It's oh, just like the last one. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Really? God, yeah. I love these stories. <laughs> I love it because I love, a, I love a story with a nice like, you know, bell curve, right? Like, like <laughs> well, maybe bell curve. No, bell curve is the right thing. So it's like a double bell curve. It's like you go up with the emotion of we're starting and then you go down to like despair and then you're back <laughs> up to like Copperleaf Brewing opened yesterday and we had a line outside of our brewery. Oh, I mean, it was amazing. Fuck, like think about what was it like in that building yesterday? Oh, I, I could you barely. You have 15 years of waiting for that moment, dude. I could barely step back and really soak it all in. Really, yeah. it was when people left, I was like, wow, that just, it, it couldn't have gone better, really. Did you get the opportunity to drink a beer last night? I didn't even have a beer <laughs> last night. I was say, right? That happens, doesn't it? <laughs> I actually got my last beer ready for service an hour before we put it on draft. So I had a taste of that beer right before we opened. Oh, yes. That was the only beer I tasted the whole time. What, what do you have on tap? What are your beers? Oh, I've got a, a pretty extensive lineup at this point. Got a, a farmhouse IPA, uh, uh, Session Saison Grisette. So that's a gin barrel aged Grisette. Dude. A few different bourbon barrel aged stouts. Uh, I've got some wild ales with fruit. Uh, Raspberry forward kettle sour. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, a pretty, that pretty is, decent lineup. I'd that is, I mean, for a, a brewery that's literally on day two, that's a hell of a lineup, man. That's really diverse, too. That's, some of it's super small quantities. So, uh -huh. if, if you're interested in any of that stuff, you might want to stop by before <laughs> <Yeah>. too long. <laughs> how, uh, how, you know, amongst that lineup, I would imagine, and I don't, yeah, yeah I don't, I don't know. I'll ask you, and if you want to answer, do it but it, everything in that lineup do you love it or was there is there a combination of 
clay in there, like this is what I love making, and a combination of this is what we need to have on tap because we are a business now. Oh, I I really enjoy all of it. Okay, like this is all based on my homebrew recipes. This is all good shit, the, like all shit you would drink. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's yeah. the idea. Yeah. Because I have had, uh, you know, other brewers who will admit they'll say, "Look, you know, you got to have this on tap. Like you got it. it's not my cup of tea, but you got to have it." And yeah. So, but I'm, for you, you're legit. All of them. I might get to that point at some point. You know, just to get things out there that people want to drink but yeah yeah everything that i've got on i'm i'm pretty happy with for sure worked through the recipes done a bunch of test batch brewing and kind of dialed stuff into to get what i've got yeah dude how do you plan to like keep up with demand though because like i mean if it goes like yesterday like aren't you gonna run out of beer (laughs) i can't imagine that it's gonna go like yesterday every day it will for a while though i really think it will for a while it could you know i mean i think the when the warm weather hits i mean the people want to get out and oh yeah have a pint so yeah yeah, it's gonna be a lot of work but yeah are you guys pretty much brewing around the clock right now oh planning on just a few days a week okay so all right yeah you're gonna be pretty it's gonna busy, be busy, bro. Yeah, yeah you're gonna be yeah. Pretty, pretty busy. I think. <laughs> I think you're gonna need more beer. Well, that's a good problem to have. Though. <laughs> it just had this really funny memory. I'm sure you've been part of it, but a, like a childhood memory of we need more beer and like passing around a hat for everyone to put five bucks in, and <laughs> yeah, then someone's gonna go buy the beer. Like, <laughs> it kind of reminds me. You guys are gonna be like, we need more beer. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's going to be squeaking out the time to make the beer. It's going to that yeah, part is going to yeah. become more challenging for sure. So right now is is it is Copper Leaf open and it's like set it and forget it, meaning like we're open and this is what we're doing now, or are there are you like look we opened because we're ready to open, but we have so much left to do. Oh, there's still things to do. We've got a, a pretty good position right now. Uh, the production scale, you know, the production is just something that we're going to have to work through, like planning all of the production days and what we want to yeah. make when and all of that is still in the works, but I've got a, a rough ballpark of what I'm looking to do down the road. So yeah. somewhat of a plan, but everything's yeah. in motion. Yeah. yeah, no, I would, I would imagine. What about capacity? Um, what is like, let's pretend COVID doesn't exist for a second. What's your actual capacity inside Copperly? I believe it's 49. 40. So and are you at 49 small. right now or do you have to go to half or like, I what's the rule? I don't even know. Pretty sure it was three quarters capacity right now. I'd have okay. to double check, but we're under that because we're trying to keep the six foot distance between yeah. seats as much as we can, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, yeah we, I think we had under 20 tables or 20 seats. I mean, so okay. we've got a, a few tables, seats kind of separated the best we can. And how many employees do you have? None. None. It's no, you and it's the, the partner, partners. and is, are the wives involved? The wives. Oh are yeah. Pouring, yeah. Pouring they, beer? they chipped in. Yeah. We got a, a huge support from friends. So yeah, yeah, we're trying to keep it lean to start. Yeah. Oh hell yeah, that's the way you got to go. Was it like, um, like last? I'm just thinking about yesterday. Was it just like, jump behind the bar and pour a beer? <laughs> like just <laughs> get it put. Get get these people their beer. Yeah. I, it I was mean, tough. It was really hard for me to see people standing in line. Really. Yeah. And the service is huge. It's oh, a yeah. huge thing for me. Like I really want people to feel comfortable and welcome when they yeah. come in. And and I could see where I can see the stress of that because you're you're double. You've got the positive of everyone's coming in. They're comfortable. They're getting one on one service essentially because you only had. 25 people in there i think right so, so yeah uh, and, and then on the other hand you see people waiting in line and you're like oh god those people are pissed right now and like i get it where you're, it's a double-edged yeah. oh yeah yeah um that's great man congratulations what, what oh, thank you what breweries in town are you a big fan of like where would you go buy a beer if this was three months ago before oh, you I, were open 
I'm obviously into beer, you know, so yeah. <laughs> yeah, hitting up all these places are great. I mean, the, I got to say the places that came out to our industry only event that we had the other night. Give them a shout out. Who came out? Who came? Oh, who were your buddies? Rising Storm came out. Nice. Crafty Ales and Lockers came out. Uh, There's actually a guy from Genesee came out. This great. Nice. Yeah, nice. Yeah, a bunch of different uh, breweries. Do you work with Genesee at all? Because I've always heard that they are very cool with like local new breweries and stuff. Yeah, so they're offering to uh, work with us on their cooperage, so kegs, and that's a, that's a huge, huge deal for us. The guy right. was great, super, uh, you know, trying to help us out in any way that he could. So, yeah, yeah. I, I was I was really surprised to get a, somebody from Jenny out the other night. Yeah, that's 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 awesome that they do that because I can't imagine – I'm probably wrong – but I can't imagine that other major breweries do that. And I'm talking about other cities, like the the big big breweries. Oh, you yeah. know, I well, can't imagine some of that. There is, a, you know, it, it, they're trying to help each other. It's sort of the the industry. Yeah, know? yeah. So, so what do you when you do have free time? What do you actually do? Uh, I, I love to watch football. Huge football fan. I try to, yeah. you know, the kids. My I have younger kids. So I, I enjoy watching their sporting events and stuff like that. So. Who's better, the Bills or the Browns this year? Go ahead. <laughs> Well, Go ahead. Bills, Go ahead. obviously. <laughs> well, uh, I'll, I am a semi Browns fan, and my partners are Browns fans. Oh, so wait a minute. I was just going to accidentally, uh, my thumb was going to accidentally hit the uh, off button on the podcast, <laughs> and I was going to say, oops, I never hit record. But uh, you've got some Browns in you, then uh, okay. All uh, right. Look, uh, can we all agree the perfect AFC championship game would be Browns versus Bills? I mean, I like, would hate to watch it just because <laughs> they're fans. It would be rooting against each other. It's true. I feel the same way you feel, but in the opposite. <laughs> like, I do also hold a special place in my heart for the bills but if they play the browns like i'm obviously rooting for the browns right but it would be kind of heartbreaking on the one hand on the other hand it would guarantee me that one of them was going to the super bowl and that would be amazing oh yeah yeah, yeah. i'd still enjoy watching a Browns super bowl oh yeah yeah i would enjoy watching a bill super bowl even if it came at the hands of the browns you know at the well, demise I, I think next year you might have a good shot at watching that bill super bowl and dude i gotta tell you what man they're <laughs> those two teams are on the upswing yes like it's huge yeah. Who the hell thought we were ever going to see this? Oh, it's nuts. Yeah. This is crazy. Yeah. I've watched so much bad football and going, I've been a season ticket holder for years. Yeah. So yeah. Going to watch the, the, some of that stuff has mm-hmm. been pain. Are you happy you it's never, uh, tough. are you happy that you never canceled them? Oh yeah. Like through the hard times. Oh, we actually, my dad had them back in the early nineties. Oh yeah. So, Where are your seats? Oh, we're, I think it was one twenty-five. So okay. we're looking kind of right at the five yard line. Dude, I mean, because now those tickets are in such high demand. Yeah, I think going forward, it's going to be more challenging to you know move down like that. Yeah, yeah. I, I, um, you know what would be a lot of fun would be. I don't know if you would ever do. Who do you usually go to the games with? Just anybody? My dad. Always your dad. Very much. One hundred percent of the time with your dad. Yeah. Okay. I was going to throw out an idea of like a live auction item for some local gala of being like. You know, get a beer and go to the game with Clay or something. Oh, for sure. Well, no, to you got to go with Dad. It's more important <laughs> that you go with Dad. It is. Well, it's one of the few things that we do together. We don't have a whole lot of time with everything that I've got going on. So but you reserve the Sunday. Speaking of Sundays, yeah. what are Copper Leafs hours? Oh, so we're still uh, very fresh on this. So uh, we opened at three yesterday, uh, three to ten. Uh, today I think it's four to eleven. Today's a Friday, right? Four, yeah. so four to eleven. So Saturday, uh, one to eleven, okay. and Sunday noon to nine. 
Okay. Okay. But you might want to check our social media to verify that I'm actually correct <laughs> on that because it's so fresh. Yeah. I, you guys like just decided that, right? Yeah, we just said that. And, and, and like any other business, obviously, you'll probably in a few weeks look and go, okay, is this still the right move? And Yeah, kind of look yeah. at the summer and see, try to look forward to plan around that type of stuff yeah so so monday through wednesday would be awesome so that's basically we're brewing hardcore that's production that's produ yeah. produce 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 yeah. you, now is it monday through wednesday production then thursday through sunday service or are you going to produce and serve on the other days yeah, so the the heat and the steam from production and the way that our tasting room and production area are all right together mm -hmm. that is going to be a challenge for mm -hmm. us for sure once the production really if there is the demand to expand or grow the production mm -hmm. that is going to be a challenge for sure yeah i actually now that i now that we say that i mean the, your your setup is small and if you blow up and you need immediate extra capacity like do you have a plan for that yet or no oh always planning yeah, yeah. i mean yeah. if you're not planning for expansion i don't think you're doing it correctly yeah, yeah. personally it makes I mean, me that, feel good we're doing that around here so that's good. <laughs> <laughs> that's good yeah we're trying to grow it you know this is just step one really hopefully we'll yeah. we'll get bigger and just go from here what do you think the next big idea is for oh, that, you guys that's a tough one for yeah. sure i would say that there's a lot of unexplored or underutilized facets of the industry so i think just some of the growth potential i'm really big on working with local chefs and you know developing a real focus on beer and food pairings that was a big part of the selection of the building you know just those local restaurants that are nearby and i think there that has a, a huge potential i really like those beer dinners that places put on i just yeah. don't think there's enough of it not well, a strong enough focus on that you you had you mentioned that earlier Let, let's dive a little deeper into that because i i do love this idea as well and i'm a nerd for this kind of stuff like i, I mean if somebody puts on you know we have we have we've curated the seven course meal with these seven beer pairings i mean legitimately the money just climbs out of my wallet <laughs> and jumps into those people's hands because i just am such a like nerd for that kind of stuff yeah um I love that. How does it work logistically? Do you do you do they have to have a? Do they basically come already? The food's already made, or like how do we? Do, you don't have a kitchen, right? Oh no. So like, what's the? How does that actually? How do we work that? And so, how do oh I my. get involved? <laughs> Other than just coming to eat. <laughs> oh, oh, I think Guglielmo sauce could be paired well with something, you dude. Know, I've done that. Happen. I've done events like that before. Yeah. So call me when you're ready to roll some of these out. Awesome. I love great. doing events like that. Yeah. So it's a whole thing. Like I have a whole plan of how I look. I'm looking to develop that. So the way that you know beer works with food, it, it's a lot of uh, comparing the flavors or contrasting the flavors or kind of cutting the flavors. Yeah. So there's acidity that you could work with there's bitterness that you could work with it's a, it's a whole thing yeah can i ask you two questions that are that i just i like you so i can ask you questions that sure. are yeah, shoot. why I'm don't open. breweries why don't i should say most breweries why don't most breweries have tvs because like i love going to a brewery and every once in a while i'm like God, i wish the game was on oh i was going back and forth this was definitely a, a conversation that, that yeah. we really had to work through do you have one or not we do. Ah, oh, <laughs> yes, my boy. I'm going to be working Sunday, so yes! i got to watch some football. And here's know? the thing. I would absolutely go to a brewery on a Sunday afternoon in the fall, but I will avoid a brewery that doesn't have TVs. Right. And I have never, and I'm going to say it because I've given them so many positive plugs, I've never been more pissed off than I was a few years ago. My, uh, it was um, 
my wife won the Prism Award for like Young Professional Prism Award. And so we went out and then afterwards it was a celebration. And it was 99% about my wife that night. But the Cavs were in the Eastern Conference Finals. <laughs> and we go to Good Luck and we get the Good Luck and there's no TVs. And I'm like, why don't you guys have TVs? And she's like, because the experience at Good Luck is a social experience. And I was like, but the fucking calves are in the playoffs. <laughs> like, you know. <laughs> I was actually the anti-TV guy out of the three of us. Were you? I was. Yeah. Okay, so give it to me. Is it the idea that it's supposed to be social? I want people talking face to face? It's a distraction. Yeah. For sure. That's true. I, I do like the personal interpersonal relations. You know, I think really talking beer and sitting next to somebody that's experiencing the same beer or a different beer that you don't have. I think you can develop a connection. It's just kind of a social lubricant. So if you're, you're sitting there and enjoying your beer, you can look over and just say, well, have you tried this one? You know, just a random stranger. That's true. I, I've done it. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe the TV stays off except for if there's a big game. Uh, on. That's probably it. Yeah. It's yeah. so like, like four o'clock on a Thursday. Maybe the TV's not even on. But on likely. Sunday at one o'clock, like, uh, oh, yeah. we're putting it's, it on. It's going. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Can't miss the game. The other question I have is in regards to beer in general. And that is, why is it that when you drink, when you're a kid and you drink Pepsi, for example, you drink Pepsi and it's like delicious and you like Pepsi and then you just go on in life being like Pepsi. Pepsi's delicious. And then some people like my wife make healthy decisions to not drink Pepsi their whole life. And then other people like me try not to drink it. But occasionally I'm like, God, a nice cold soda would be great right now. Why is it that every human being alive the first time they've ever taken the first time they ever took a sip of beer? A lot of times, like, it was probably early teens or whatever. Grandpa or dad gave you a sip of beer, right? Yeah. Like, there's all, I think pretty much all of us, it was like, we were 12 and my grandpa said, here, here's a little sip. And then I went, <laughs> why is it that beer is not, is something you have to acquire taste for? I think it's the bitterness. So bitterness in general, like, I think it's kind of a, a mechanism of the plant. So those chlorophenol characters and the bitter, bitterness, if you're tasting some of that stuff, it's to, it's your flavor receptors telling you maybe you shouldn't eat this stuff yeah so i think that that's part of it but it's something that quickly goes away for a lot of people it's true that's <laughs> true it does yeah you get you get through it and finally my last question about beer in general is um am i what am i doing wrong okay so i love craft beer mm-hmm. and i will drink craft beer all the time and it's fantastic there's one exception there is one time i wonder if you can guess what it is where i say i do not want craft beer i want corona okay. so, you know what it is? Hot weather sitting on a beach, I'm guessing. Well, no maybe idea. hot weather sitting on a beach, but mostly it's I want to drink all day. Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> craft beer, like let's put it this way. If I'm going to the Bills game and I crack open my first beer at 10 o'clock, I'm going to be freaking hammered by one and hung over by four. Just, Whereas if I drink Corona, I could literally just drink all day. <laughs> you just need me to curate your experience for you. Yes. <laughs> What, how is my best bet? What would I do? If I'm going to tailgate at a Bills game and I want to drink craft beer, but I also don't want to be dead at 3 p.m., like what do I do? Uh, so it's <laughs> session ales. You just got to look at that ABV. So mm-hmm. there's plenty of session beers out there. I mean, that is something that we're going to focus on a little bit, a portion of our stuff. Is, is that what be, session means is just a lower ABV? Lower ABV, yes. Yeah, so okay. you can have a few and not feel like you're yeah. You know, yeah. over the line. Okay, so. good. Did I miss any? Have we missed anything? What do you think? Uh, no. I think we covered it pretty good. You want to go see how we make sauce? I would love to. Do yeah. you have a beard net that I can uh, uh, I, this I do. Yeah, I do. I don't know. <laughs> Actually, that beard is going to challenge our beard nets. I will be honest with you. We have beard nets, but all my guys have stubble. That's a legit... 
Yeah, I, damn. Look I at that. Thing. thing up or something. Yeah. I got to sit down with a barber, I think, yeah. at some point. Yeah. No. <laughs> well, you know, we got to keep you with that with that beard. We got to keep you away from the kettles. I'm not going <laughs> to lie. <laughs> All right, Clay. Thanks for doing this, man. Oh, thanks for having me yeah. on. It's great. For sure.